بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد المبارك وسلم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد الله سبحانه وتعالى has guided us through the Prophet and the Prophet guidance is comprehensive it takes into account this world it takes into account the next world so guidance from the Anbiya and the Prophets is now twofold. One is that it allows us to understand this world, but it also allows us to understand the other world, the next world. So it's twofold. So for a Muslim, he has the distinct advantage to understand life in the light of all phases of existence and not just this phase. When you limit your pursuit of knowledge and your understanding to this world, that is sometimes called secular, where there's no discussion of what happens to human beings after they die. So it's an understanding, albeit kind of very short-sighted, myopic understanding is incomplete in terms of human existence. Our aqidah is that we live here and we live after we die. So everything we do here has an effect, has an impact after we die and that's how we see reality here. And that is how we develop our world view. So, in the current circumstances, as you all know, there's been a frenzy about a certain medical progress advancement, if that's what you want to call it. That scientists and doctors have apparently transplanted a heart of a pig, or this modified, into a human being, and that particular human being is still apparently living. So this is an incident, this is an event, and this has happened. So how does a Muslim now relate to this? How does a Muslim see this event in the light of prophetic guidance. I'm not talking about the secular understanding. I mean, that's all fine, it's wonderful, and so on. If the man survives, then that's if you don't take into account that he had stabbed somebody seven times before and went to prison for it. So even there, you might have questions. So here we see that, let's look at this.
through the lens of prophetic guidance. So if the discussion is around saving human lives and not around saving this human being's life, you save this human being, okay, that's one thing. But if the discussion is a bit more abstract and you take it into the plane of saving human beings' lives, then let's look at it. Let's look at the idea of poor people in the world who don't have water. Many parts of Africa, several areas in Asia especially, and maybe other places that we don't know of, where they simply don't have water. So who's now going to take on the campaign to save those lives? Who's going to give them life? I mean, you're talking about this progress on one side, where this is one big city, meaning the world, as a global village. So in this city you have a small place where they do heart transplant and you're saving one human being's life. In the other part of the city there are millions who don't have water and they die of thirst. So in, in the discussion of saving human beings' lives, Islam gives us a comprehensive understanding of human beings and the lives of human beings. So just as there's been a frenzy on social media and everywhere else about saving one life, I don't see that frenzy when it comes to delivering water to those people who don't have water. Can you imagine if all of us here today made the intention that we will pay for one well where they need a well. How many human beings' lives will we be saving? Hundreds. But our focus doesn't go there because we're stuck here in a, in a very short-sighted, myopic, maybe even less than intelligent discussions about saving human beings' lives. Well, let's save those lives. Why are those lives not important to save? And this one person's life is, being, at least discuss it. And how many millions of people are starving? In camps. In places where they have no food, no water, no shelter. In the cold. Who's talking about saving those lives? So now we as Muslims have a responsibility to save all of humankind. Through all means available to us, not just through this medical process or through the medical procedure. It's one thing. Yes, it will save a life. And imagine how much money it will take to develop this. And imagine if that, all of that money 
Or if somebody was a philanthropist and said, okay, you're spending millions, if not billions, on this device that saves human beings' life, which is probably just in this part of the world, where that procedure will never be available to the third world. So some philanthropist must come up and say, I'm going to spend $100 million saving the lives of other people on the planet. Then that discussion is correct. Because you haven't isolated the millions of others whose lives need saving every day. When people go to war, are they saving lives or are they destroying lives? So who's there to tell people that when you go to war, you're not saving lives? You're not saving humanity? And yet you'll spend millions and hundreds of hours discussing this life. Saving lives to us, alhamdulillah. It's good, at least in principle. We're not going to give you a fatwa about this one. So now we must appreciate that the way a Muslim understands world events is always through prophetic guidance, not guidance from social media, or not guidance from the press, or not guidance merely from the scientific community. We have guidance from the last Nabi Muhammad And ironically, the ayah that people quote about saving human lives has to do with war. It has to do with the Banu Israel when they went to war. So the Quran says, don't go and fight each other and kill each other because whoever saves one human being has saved the whole of humanity. That's where the ayah came down. It had nothing to do with saving lives this way. It had to do with saving lives by not fighting, killing each other. How many lives can we save here? South, South, South Chicago. You turn on the news every evening, there are shootings and then killings, there's homicide. Who's saving those lives? And how many millions do we put into that campaign of saving human beings' lives? We don't even pay attention to it. But yet, alhamdulillah, mashallah, some scientist says, I'm going to decide to save human beings' lives, and everybody's on the bandwagon. But if someone says, can you donate money to the Syrian orphans? So their lives can be saved. Can you donate money to the Kashmiris? Or to the Muslims who are being persecuted in China? Or anywhere else on the planet where they have no food, no water? Do we not have a responsibility to save those lives also? If the answer is yes, then we must not celebrate this as a victory. Their lives need to be saved here. We all know school children here in this country where this progress has been made in the hospitals. School children go to school just because they can have a meal here in this country. School children don't have food. 
Never mind the healthcare system where thousands and millions don't have healthcare, where their lives cannot be saved because they don't have healthcare. This is the benefit of prophetic guidance. Prophetic guidance. Prophetic guidance is comprehensive. It deals with all human beings from all walks of life everywhere on the planet. Not just the first world. Everywhere. So we must make a resolution here, at least in Nia, that when we're going to talk about saving human beings' lives in the theater, in the hospital, make sure we save lives in Africa. In other places of the world where they need food, where they need blankets, where they need basic medicine, not sophisticated, basic medicine, where they need a life. That is our guidance from the Anbiya, the Prophet from the Rasul Listen, there ain't no doctor on the planet or groups of doctors who can do any more for saving human lives than Isa We all know Isa What was his skill set in medicine? We can never come close to that. Not even in our dreams. He revived the dead. He let people see when they were blind. He cured the leper. So the highest level of medicine that any human being has practiced on this earth is Isa At least in the physical sense. The Prophet had other abilities to heal people in different ways. But Isa is now the epitome of medicine, if you want to call it that. Or perhaps healing. No one here will be able to do what he did. Except the Dajjal. But that will be a punishment from Allah. It will not be a Rahmah. So Isa is now the epitome of medicine and healing and cure and so on. What we all know is when Isa comes back, we all know this, I don't need to tell you, that he will do something to this species which is now under evaluation and investigation today. The species from which that person got his heart. We all know what Isa will come and do to that species. So the Muslim mind thinks only the way a prophet thinks. If a Muslim mind limits his thinking to the secular world, then that is pure misguidance. It is not guidance. So we have a duty to understand how to think and how to relate to events through the Prophet and by administering the theory of saving lives to all human lives. Not just a few people who are privileged in society to receive such treatment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us save lives. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save all the Muslim lives. Uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save the lives of all human beings. Ameen ya rabbal alameen.